Welcome to another episode of Mission Compliance, Unleashing Growth Potential for Defense Contractors. In today's episode, we continue down the road of understanding CMMC, its regulations, and controls. Up next is AC.L2-3.1.11, terminate automatically a user session after a defined condition. We'll break down what this control means, why it matters, and how it impacts your organization's cybersecurity posture. We'll also provide practical insights and strategies for achieving compliance and securing your systems effectively. So whether you're a defense contractor aiming to win more contracts or simply someone interested in bolstering your cybersecurity knowledge, you're in the right place. To infinity and beyond. We're joined once again today by Mike Frieder, President of On-Call Compliance Solutions and a CMMC Professional Assessor. You'll notice we're also joined by Jay Swan, a CMMC Registered Practitioner. That's right, Jay is hijacking our podcast episode. (laughs) Speaking of hijacking, so Mike and Jay, today we're talking about terminating user sessions, specifically to safeguard your systems from any kind of hijack scenario. First of all, thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, always a pleasure, Roman. Good to see you again. Thank you for having me, Roman. So, Mike or, or Jay, if you have anything to say about the process to either one of you, why is it important to automatically terminate these user sessions? Yeah, so, um, you know, we were just sort of talking about this, uh, you know, ahead of time. And um, we we thought, you know, what better way to introduce, you know, Jay, who's another member of our, of our compliance team, than to uh, have him hijack our session here and join in. Um, but yeah, you know, on, on the control, you know, it's interesting. There's, a, there's a, right now at the time of this podcast, there's a massive uh, Citrix, Citrix uh, session hijack attack um, that really calls into question this exact control. And so what's happened is uh, there's a, a pretty famous attack that's going on right now called Citrix Bleed. And the idea behind the attack is that essentially on their Zscaler platform, big major file storage type platform, uh, folks can basically steal session tokens um again it's a vulnerability and that would allow for an attacker to hit the z scaler uh, if it's exposed to the public or if they're inside the network and if someone has left their session running all they have to do is just use one of these exposed tokens to log in um really really frightening actually because it basically sort of says uh you know let's leave the keys on the table for anybody in the lobby who's walking by to just kind of try to enter the secure facility um that's a really really good analogy for understanding session hijacking. Okay, so why do we need to terminate the session? Um, you know, ultimately what happens is, is that when you connect into a user profile or connect into something that may have information like a file server, you're creating what's called a session. And you can think of a session like a tunnel. And whatever is going on in that session is uh, allowed, right? Allowed versus denied or not allowed. And so what's going on is you're opening up a session, maybe it's a login to a Windows system, maybe it's a login to a file share on a Citrix Zscaler, whatever it might be. Uh, And so you've got this tunnel going on. And the control mandates that you have a mechanism involved or in place that will automatically terminate that tunnel or that user session uh, if there is a defined condition met, whatever that defined condition may be. Most often, the defined condition is probably some sort of idle time. But another example is that you could have what's called a lease on that session. So in other words, you could say, hey, the keep alive lease is 24 hours on any user session, after which time it's going to bump you out and it's going to force you to log back in again. Um, you know, we have a settings uh, very much like that on access to resources in our Azure government cloud. 
So again, what it does is it makes it so that that session cannot persistently stay alive forever. And why would you want that to happen? Well, let's say that you had uh, logged into that system, right? Username, password, and then a multi-factor authentication token. That token is good for the session, right? That's the token that gets you in, keeps you alive. Uh, that is the token for the session. And once it happens, it doesn't change. It's not like uh, you know a rolling code that changes once you're authenticated. It's just that's the code that you use to authenticate. Um, perhaps maybe a flawed methodology, but that's sort of the you know one of the best things we have going right now in security is that it at least rolls until it's authenticated, then it stays the same. So we have this rule that says you know terminate automatically user session after a defined condition. The point is is that let's say that one of those tokens got stolen, and that's exactly what happened in that big massive Okta multi-factor authentication attack is that a set of tokens was stolen and then user sessions were then vulnerable if they were kept alive. And that's really what the big challenge is, is that once you log in, the tunnels open, traffic can flow in and out, and whatever is using that tunnel can uh, persist. So let's say you have an attacker and he has remote control of your machine. Uh, maybe you, you know, hit on a phishing email or something. Then you open up that secure tunnel or that session to a system that has access to CUI. And let's say that you hit the X on an RDP session. That doesn't log you out. That, that session is still going. And an attacker could potentially reopen that session from that computer if they've got control. And you know, you probably say to yourself, hey, is this is this a far-fetched um, is this a far-fetched thing? Well, no, it's not. This is exactly how uh, systems get hit with ransomware is someone's got remote access to it or they've got you know some kind of takeover attack and they lay, they lay in waiting, right? until say 2 a.m. when they know no one's gonna be around the computer, US time, which also happens to be the Russian business day. And then they are wide awake, they know you're not around, and then they're gonna go find out and poke around uh, what they can get access to. And if that session is still alive after hours and hours of it being idle, well, then they can take over that session and they can do whatever they want, right? Including go hit you with ransomware. And so it's vital to make sure that you have some scenario where those sessions don't stay alive forever. Even more to the point, if the session can really be persistent for days and days and days, that gives an attacker enough time to start running all kinds of tools like brute force attacks, hacking you know, system history to get at things that were typed in previously, and all kinds of really nasty stuff that frankly just takes processing time and time in general to be able to break through the security controls. So um, 3111 probably on the surface seems pretty mundane and you know, like, hey, that'll never happen to me, but the truth of the matter is, is that um, most of these attacks start with social engineering. It's it's not you, the IT guy, we have to worry about. You're, you're pretty knowledgeable. You get security. You know what the best practices are. It's the end users, right? It's our, uh, God bless them, man, but it's it's our CEOs, right? I'm a CEO, so that means I'm the biggest troublemaker. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's those people that are not, you know, any anything like a, a trained computer person with some level of security knowledge. It's the other 99% of the users on the network you have to watch out for. And so um, it's a really important rule. Uh, and again, it, it just sort of, it sort of drives forward the importance of having a situation where there's nothing that's persistent on the network. There's nothing that is a door always left open. So uh, yeah, great question, Robin. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we talked last time about the importance of screen timeouts and pattern hiding to help deter malicious users or passerbys from from accessing your computer when you're away from your desk. This is another one of those type of security measures. So what are the key assessment points that an assessor would be looking for on this particular control? Yeah, terrific question. So, you know, if we start looking at what the assessors care about, number one is, 
uh, they're going to look and determine if conditions requiring a user session to terminate are defined. Um, so the first thing is, do you have anything like this in place, right? Do you have a policy? Uh, one easy way to do it is with group policy. Another way to do it is with, uh, uh, you can do it in Intune, you can do it in conditional access. There's multiple different places in the Microsoft ecosystem you can do this. If you've got a Mac, you can certainly use uh, mobile device management tools. You can use the, the Mac Business Administrator tool. Uh, there's a lot of different methods for being able to roll a solution like this out. Another great example is, you know, if you look at your iPhones and Android, they're going to do screen lock timeout after a certain number of minutes. And, um, you know, that feature has to be on uh, in order to be compliant. Uh, and so there's, there's lots of different ways, but they're looking to find out what's your way of enforcing this. Um, again, what's the easy button? The easy button is group policy. Uh, and if you're layering security, which is what we recommend, uh, maybe you've got some conditional access or Intune policies backing that up that says, hey, um, even if you know the session's still alive, after X amount of time, there's gonna be a lease on the session. It's gonna terminate it from that perspective too, giving you multiple layers of uh, satisfying this control. Second assessment point is gonna be determine if a user session is automatically terminated after any of the defined conditions occur. Um, you know, this is an assessment point, and the reality is what this really boils down to is a demonstration. It's an over-the-shoulder look to for the assessor to actually see that, yes, in fact, the system is functioning the way it's set up and supposed to. Uh, again, the most common one could be, uh, you know, on idle timeout, maybe screensaver flashes up and you've got to re-authenticate to the system. But again, that's not necessarily the user session itself. The session's alive under there. So a full logout is what is necessary. Um, and again, a lot of people kind of really miss miss the uh, miss the playbook on that one because just popping up a screensaver and a password is not going to get you compliant uh, with that one. So that's what the assessors are looking for on this one. Yeah. Um, what are the difficulties of enacting this one? Or if it's simpler, can you think of any examples you've encountered during assessments or onsites where where uh, lack of these these measures caused a problem? Yeah, great question. So, um, you know, a couple of thoughts there. One is, is uh, how do you enforce it? So the number one mistake that I see with IT admins is they don't review their group, their group policies almost ever. Uh, I don't know why they don't do it. I guess it's again, hey, if I'm walking in the office that morning and everything is up and running, then uh, I'm having a nice casual cup of coffee and it's life as good as, as the IT admin. Uh, I can't say that really happens all the time, but, you know, that's that's a lot of the mindset. Um I think you should be reviewing group policy on a quarterly basis as a security best practice. If you're if you're a big enough to have group policy, uh, if you're in the defense world, uh, if you're if you're required to comply with NIST SB 800171, uh, I think you should really be looking at this uh, quarterly. Um, I, I think the reason for that is because in group policy there are stages. So let's use group policy as that example. Number one, you've got to create the group policy. Number two, you've got to actually apply that policy to OUs or security groups so that the policy is actually applied to a subset of users uh, or the whole domain, of course. Um, but you got to you got to actually apply it to somebody. Right. So a lot of people create the group policy and do nothing <laughs> and they think it and they think it's, it's implemented. No, you've got to actually you've got to apply the policy to somebody so that it takes effect. Then the, the final piece is you've got to link the policy and you've got to enforce the policy. So again, it's so easy to go create the policy and spend all kinds of time trying to figure out what you want it to do and then just simply not link it or not enable it or not enforce it. Um, that is common, common, common. When we go in and do audits, 
I would tell you that we almost always find that there are group policies that are not enforced that the IT admin thought that there were. How do we figure that out? Well, we run some kind of a scan on Active Directory and we get all the information and we analyze it. Um, that is, to me, part of a basic risk assessment. It's part of what we do with every single one of our clients that we do consultations with. Uh, it is, in my humble opinion, part of what should be in every IT admin's toolkit. I shouldn't see that as a third party. Uh, you should you should know what's enabled and you should be checking on it periodically because you know what? Particularly if you're a larger group and you got three or four IT people, one of the fastest things people will do when they go to troubleshoot a problem in IT, and again, it's well-intentioned because they just, you know, pants are on fire, users are screaming, they got to get it back up. They'll go undo every piece of security there is. I mean, they'll go unlink group policy because maybe that's part of the problem. They'll go undo firewall rules because maybe those are part of the problem. Famous one on the firewall rules, by the way, see it all the time. Uh, somebody will put in and allow any, any, any rule into the firewall so that they can get something back up and going like a voice over IP phone system or you know some kind of critical file system that's outside external. They'll just put that rule in, it'll work, and then the they, they, you know, freak out mode kind of subsides and they never go put the rule back. They never actually figure out what the problem is because it's working. Uh, you want to know how breaches happen, that's exactly how, how they happen. Uh, a lot of times the breaches are a result of security that was put into place and peeled back in an effort to troubleshoot a problem, and then they never put the security back. It, really a sad situation. So um, have I seen uh, examples of this? You know, finding an actual live example is very, very difficult because usually what happens is by the time you recognize uh, that um, you've got a problem with a, a session takeover attack, it's too late. Uh, but a better question might be, how do I recognize a session takeover attack attempt? And you know what? That is all about the same system, okay? That is all about your security information and event management system sending you alerts when you have foreign IPs logging in, when you have unusually long sessions, when you have, um, you know, users that get escalated from a standard user to an administrator. All of those things should be alerted for the IT team to investigate. And then they actually have to investigate. And uh, and we do see these indicators of attack all the time. And we, or worse, this is my favorite one. They go spend all the money on something like Dark Trace or something like um, Arctic Wolf or Microsoft Sentinel or Rocket Cyber is one of my favorites. They will they'll buy the solution, they'll apply the agent to the machine, and then nobody's getting the alerts. And it's and it's it's horrific. And um, you know you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So those alerts have got to be going to somebody. And I think that about the only way you can really detect that a uh, the, the user session attack is happening is definitely, you know, you've got to have a SIEM system watching over your system and you've got to make sure the alerts are going somewhere they're supposed to be. Uh, I think maybe the, the most famous session takeover attack in recent history is the massive Okta breach. Um, if you don't know what Okta is, Okta is a multi-factor authentication tool, much like Duo. Uh, they had a substantial number of customers get hit because they allowed for a persistent session with their multi-factor authentication keys. Um, gosh, man, for, for a firm that's security focused, it never should have been set up like that. It never should have been allowed. And certainly Okta probably has the repercussions in terms of uh, having lost clients and done damages and things like that. But again, you know, that's probably the most famous one. And uh, you know, I think it just really highlights the incredible importance of making sure that these sessions will terminate and not last forever. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. 
our our listeners and viewers know the drill. Mike knows the drill. Jay, you're going to learn the drill very soon. But sometimes these topics can get a little bit dry. We do our three we do our three questions, get a lot of useful information like what Mike just gave us. But now it's time to have a little bit of fun. We like to do a silly question to tag on the end of every episode, and this one I think is a good one. We're talking about terminating session, uh, terminating user sessions. So it has to be asked. After a certain period of time, when when it's time to terminate the session, does Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice come over the monitor and say, "You'll be back" before ending the session? <laughs> uh, um, well, I don't know about that, but I'll tell you that uh, you know he would make a good neighbor. <laughs> so no, uh, yeah, that, that's you know, hey, look, at the end of the day, you know, that is that is the challenge, right? You don't want the Terminator coming to attack your sessions, and. Uh, you know, I can I can hear Arnold's voice in my head talking about uh, you've got to terminate the session. Uh, you know, uh, and I don't know. The rest of it, the rest of it escapes me. But, you know, if you can get Arnold's voice in your head, he would probably be telling you, you know, define the condition. You've got to define the condition. Right. So love Arnold. And uh, I think he nailed that Super Bowl ad. That was really great. That was really funny. <laughs> And and I just I, I I want to put this debate to bed for our, for our listeners and our users. Terminator Two is the best Terminator. Okay, it, it just is. Like best. they're all good, but Terminator Two is is the definitive Terminator movie. I think I think Terminator Two is the best movie on earth. I don't Do think there's ever been a better movie. Do you agree, Absolutely. Jay? Absolutely. <laughs> Terminator Two is the superior Terminator movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that wraps up another insightful episode of Mission Compliance. We hope our discussion today has provided you with valuable insights, practical strategies, and inspiration to navigate the ever-evolving world of defense. We'd like to thank Mike for giving us all that great information. Thanks to Jay for joining us and learning how we do things here at Mission Compliance. And and thanks, Mike, for sharing your expertise with us on this one. Hey, anytime, Robin. Always always a pleasure. It's always good to have our session hijacked by Jay. Hey. (laughs) Great. Thanks. First-hand knowledge of, of what not to do. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> but the conversation doesn't end here. We encourage you to continue exploring these topics and connect with us on our social media channels. Share your thoughts, ask questions, and engage with fellow listeners by using the hashtag Mission Compliance Podcast. That's these guys right here. All right. If you haven't already, what should they do, Mike? Oh, well, you got to like it. You got to love it. You got to subscribe to it and uh, go go give us a, an upvote. Go share it with your friends. You got to like it. You got to love it. You got to want some more of it, as our friend Tim McGraw <laughs> would say. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to be the first to know when new episodes like this one are released. And we truly appreciate it if you could take a moment, like Mike said, to rate and review the show. Your feedback helps us to continue to bring you thought-provoking episodes and high-quality content. If you can call talking about the Terminator movies high quality. I do, but that's just me. Join us again on the next episode of Mission Compliance as we delve further into the dynamic world of defense, security, and industry innovation. Until then, take care, stay informed, and make compliance your mission. See you next time. Hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) See you guys.